And we're back four in a row, four weeks in a row. Uh, Judd's Butts episode 64. As always, your host, Spoked Z, joined by my good buddy, Mr. At State of Hoppy. Mr. At State of Hoppy, how you doing? Oh, we're we're doing uh, four in a row. Might as well jump right into that. We just had back-to-back nights with four goal performances, and both times the team lost, which is yep hilarious. Yep. Round two of the playoffs, so that means if you score four goals, your team will lose. Uh, Joe Pavelski and Leon Dreisaitl both finding out the hard way there. Uh, I mean, we're going to jump right into playoff hockey. Um, wow. Uh, since we last did this shit, uh, <laughs> it's fucking nuts. I'll tell you what, it's not disappointing. It continues to get crazy. Um, you know, this team from Boston happened to choke. Um, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll dive into that. Me and Hoppy were both wrong about Minnesota game six. Tell you what, they got the shit kicked out of them pretty much from start to finish. The first five minutes and the last five minutes were, uh, reasonable hockey effort. The rest of the way, it was just garbage. <laughs> Other than that, that was like the darkest, most like brutal, like it was just death by a thousand cuts. But like, we'll talk about that. Um, and the Seattle goddamn Kraken. The did, Seattle did goddamn Kraken. I really wanted, I one of my, I made like three brackets and I did pick them. And I think at least one, maybe two of them. Um, they are doing, they're just doing it. They're doing Seattle Kraken stuff, so we'll dive into the playoff hockey stuff and the four goals losing you games thing. Um, I mean, I'll just I'll just throw it to you. Thoughts on round one and the first couple games here of round two. I mean, it's been fucking bananas, dude. I mean, chaos for sure, but it it's been fun that there really hasn't been blowout series, like with the exception of vegas torching winnipeg which they're missing top center top wing top defenseman it's gonna happen bonus still wasn't gonna have that that was quite the uh press conference but outside of that like the wild were the closest thing to really getting blown out in a series so i'm all for it like it's fun watching competitive playoff hockey and upsets are always fun unless it's your team that gets upset, which I've uh, certainly had my fair share of that. Um, but because it's kind of fun when I get you a little bit out of sorts, I got to ask you a, a weird Merrick question. He is starting this rallying cry based on the end of game one for Toronto, Florida, where Ryan O'Reilly gets a stick to the face. Obviously a penalty, draws blood, gets the double minor. Do you think that players who opt to use their grandfathered in rights to not have a visor, if you get hit where you should have a visor, should the drawing of blood not be a factor? That is the most Merrick question of all time. Um, I mean, well, first of all, the fact that there's there's a rule in hockey that if you draw blood 
it is an extra two minute mine. <laughs> like it is, it's the funniest fucking rule. Like he didn't just high stuck high stick him. He fucking cut him up pretty good. He sliced his face. Like the fact that if you draw blood, that's an extra two is so goddamn funny to me. And like everyone's like, yeah, we're just gonna keep like we're not even gonna think about getting rid of that rule because it's weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know because like at the same time, uh he probably has had sticks go by his face where he would have a visor and other players that do have visor, if they get hit in the visor and they throw their head back, they're getting the penalty too. So I think it kind of goes both ways there. Um, But it's not a matter of penalty or no penalty. It's a matter of if you draw blood and it's like above the guy's eye, is it like, dude, wear a fucking visor then. So no double minor, still a minor, but no double. I mean, I don't know. Again, the rule is fucking crazy. Oh, it's like, ridiculous. It's very funny, but insane. Um, well, dude, imagine if like we had these rules for head hits where it's like, yeah, if the guy gets sent to the quiet room right after, it's actually a five minute major and an ejection just because. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it eventually we go that way. Because I mean, well, I mean, realistically, if there's like if they deem a hit, that's a penalty and the guy's out and like is injured. That's an automatic you get tossed. So, like, I guess we're already there in, th- in theory, but um, I mean, I don't know with the visor thing, dude. Like, sure, I because I just want Ryan O'Reilly to draw less penalties. So that's fine with me. <laughs> I don't care. Like that, it's just that's wild, though. It again, it's for me. It's more the fact that there's a fucking penalty in hockey, or not even a separate penalty, but if the penalty that you commit draws blood on someone's face, that's like, well, guess what? Extra two. Okay. Also, like, it's so funny. Dude, if you're, if you're in the playoffs and you get a stick anywhere near your jaw, how are you not immediately like biting your lip and drawing blood? Cause you care about the team. Yeah, you're right. Anyone that doesn't do it, it's a selfish, selfish, selfish guy. And uh shouldn't be in the league. We can't have that. Make yourself bleed. No smart. one makes you bleed your own blood except for yourself. <laughs> no. Um God, tell you what had, though. They had a TikTok for that where uh they had uh just a target building in the background and it was uh White Goodman saying, like, there's a caption at the top, like, I only need one thing at Target. And it's like, I know you. You know you. You know that I know you. (laughs) (laughs) And I sent it to my wife and she near pissed herself. (laughs) That's good. That's the good stuff. The (laughs) internet is just legitimately undefeated. Some of the shit that's up, it's just, how do you, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Right away, I just give him less penalties. And that his stick should be illegal, so I don't care. Um, (laughs) I've been personally victimized by that ridiculous fucking curve and a half. so there you go. Well, since we, I mean, realistically, let's just go into actually, you know what? No, no, no. I got to back up because you had mentioned other than Winnipeg and Vegas. Can we start with bonus? Have that that is. So to set the scene for anyone who somehow may have missed it, uh, Winnipeg lost their first line setter, their number one defenseman, uh, realistically a couple of their best offensive like they had half of a lineup and they had a bunch of guys who realistically 
probably shouldn't be like in a middle six going up against Vegas, the winners of the Pacific. Um, and shockingly kind of got the shit kicked out of them. Uh, in a couple of those games though, they mounted some great efforts. Um, so naturally the game five, they got, I mean, they got the shit kicked out of a game five after the first goal. It was like, it was done. They didn't have any, like whatever. So usually after a series, um, the post game pressers, the coaches are not really as like hard on the team as they would be if they weren't like the season just ended. Everyone's devastated. Usually they just, whatever they'll talk about little things in the game, but it's not like, Oh, they, I think we need to be better here. Cause it's like, well, guess what? There is no, like there's no being better there tomorrow because you're, there is no tomorrow. He um, decided to go the exact opposite route and carve everybody. Uh, and he basically said he was dis- used the word disgusted with their effort. He essentially called them jellyfish, just spineless fucking losers. And that was it. Like, he actually sat down and goes, any questions? Because this is going to be quick. And I was like, oh, my God, what is he about to say? And I'll tell you what, um, that was psychotic. Like, that was a scorched earth. I fucking hate Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, who wasn't even fucking playing. Um, Like, everyone in my lineup, I fucking hate them. Uh, They're all gutless losers. Like, after they got fucking eliminated, what realistically... They still had to get back on the fucking plane and go home after that. That's the thing. They all got to, he probably passed them on the way. Like, someone probably walked by him on the way to the podium to do their fucking like post game. And like, <laughs> they're probably sitting there like, is this guy fucking serious? Dude, I just imagine him walking down the aisle of that plane, like just zero self-awareness, just like walking up to each guy, like nucks up, like, Hey, good effort tonight, bud. Oh God. Like, <laughs> Like, you're, like, fucking, uh, he sits on the plane, and, like, everyone else is getting on, they're walking by him, and you, you can imagine, like, hey, what's up, Wheels? Like, hey, what's up? What's up, Blake? Good to, good to see you. Like, a uh, great, great season, man. Nope. Um, but, I mean, he said it started from the middle of the year when they just started, I mean, at one point, what are they, first in the Which fucking division, fair. and it, then they... bottomed out, for sure, but there's a time and a place, and the tone, like, the word disgusted was bad enough, but like the tone and like his, and the fact that he said they're t- our he top like, guys. So mm. it was crazy. I've never seen a coach do that after a fucking like after a team gets eliminated in the playoffs. He's just like, let's go ask my questions. I hate every guy in that room. That's good. <laughs> All of my good players. I hate them. and I want them gone. Yeah, and go, like go we've ahead, heard about riffs. <laughs> We've heard about riffs in that room. Like, we've heard of that. I mean, like, he comes in again, by the way. He starts off his fucking tenure as the Winnipeg Jets head coach by stripping Blake Wheeler of the seat. <laughs> going, no, Captain. Like, he, and by the way, this is a guy when he was assistant coach, like, that was a big time players coach. Like, all the fucking, when he was a D coach, like, the guys love him. And, like, he coached Victor Hedman before Victor Hedman became Victor Hedman. And he said, like, you know, and Hedman's talking about too, like bonus got his trust before he really like so they would just like talk about not hockey stuff, but he was like a like a player's coach. <laughs> and then he goes to Winnipeg and he's just like, I fucking hate everybody here. Um so I had to start with that. I mean, have you ever seen a fucking coach do that? So yes, but not 
in that situation where he said again, disgusted. disgusted disgusted which is which is a crazy word to throw They're in there nuts. But, but for me it's like okay even throw out the fact that they were missing top players whatever you fucking lost the season's over like that's something you bust out after game three getting embarrassed and it's like hey let me fucking rally the team and see if i can like get them to show up next game there's no next game there is nothing to rally them for like that's a time to be like yep here's the reasons i was disappointed in our play but we'll have to review it over the summer like that's how you have that presser instead it's nope they're all fucking losers like basically had the uh, everson uh, presser that he had about kaylin addison it's like yeah he's a fucking coward he's scared out there he's a little bitch um like I, I, if I was one of those players, I mean, clearly he's established. Well, that- Wheeler said it. Wheeler literally was like, yeah, w- would have preferred that like conversation took place in the room, but it didn't. It was like, yeah, no shit. Um, so, I mean, again, I, I wonder, I mean, I think the writing was on the wall before, like, before, I mean, realistically before the season, there's going to be, I mean, that's going to be a different fucking team next year from the top. Like, I can't see Blake Wheeler going back there next year. They're going to have to fucking move some other pieces because I don't know who's taking Blake Wheeler at eight and a quarter for another, what, couple of years? I don't even know how many years he's got left. Is it just one? Yeah. That's not as bad then. No, that's Uh, that's pretty manageable. Shifley is he If you'll retain, like, people will pay for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Merrick was mentioning like he wonders about Philly and Boston. I'm like, Jesus Christ, not now, Merrick. Stop doing that. Um, and like, I can't remember if Shifley's up or if he has one more year. I can't remember. I'm not I can't sure either. Much, I don't know, whatever. But Dubois is like on his fucking way to Winnipeg when he first got traded. There's like, I can't wait to go here, get my stock up so I can go to Montreal. <laughs> so like, he's gone soon. I wonder if a team takes a flare because I think he's got a year left and then he's an RFA. I wonder if someone's like, yeah, we'll do a year of PLD. It's one or two. Yeah. One maybe. But yeah, I like, wonder if teams, teams are going to be like, yeah, I'll do one year of PLD. That guy's a stud. He is uh, a stud. He's just like, clearly something's a little bit off with him as a dude. Yeah. Like I'm not, um, I'm not going out to dinner with him, but like, I'll have him be my center. Sure. Yeah. And if they want to go scorched earth, I, I mean, can you what? imagine if what a fucking hellebuck dude? Like, well, he's out for sure. Cause he's flat out said, like, I am not going to be part of a rebuild. I don't have many years left and I want to win a fucking cup. So what there's going to be a different fucking team. A but lot. Hi, more hi, importantly, hi. what, dude, what wouldn't you trade for Nikolai Ehlers? I love that guy. He's a stud. He's unbelievable, dude. And the fact that, like, there was one point when he first came back this season, they had him on the fourth line. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And bonus is up here. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know why we're losing. (laughs) He also was like, he so he returns to this series with, like, half of his brain. Uh, Like, he probably shouldn't have been playing at all. And this fucking guy still has the balls to go, our top players like I'm disgusted by them. Like, bro, are you nuts? <laughs> like, so it's gonna be interesting. But I just had to mention that because, like, I could not believe it. And of all teams, I mean, realistically, like, you're gonna do that in Winnipeg. Like, you're gonna make people not want to go to Winnipeg more if you're the fucking coach. That's crazy. <laughs> um, like, Jesus, that was I. Just, I just couldn't believe it, dude. Like, because again, they're missing half their team. 
They mm-hmm. also mounted a fucking four one comeback at home and lost in overtime. Like and, and they did, honestly, they the did not game, back down. The first two they games, like that was a series. Like I, if they stayed healthy, I think Winnipeg could have potentially upset Vegas. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't come even close to being that way. But I mean, it's yeah. just. It's just Never it really felt like a reaction in game five more than anything. Like, cause yeah. again, they, I mean, the, what the second that goal went in a minute into the first period, it was like, yeah, no, okay. Well, dude, I, if we're going to talk know. about coach interviews, like how about uh, your boy, Jimmy Montgomery, who says, you know, what if we just kick the shit out of everybody? He comes in and he's like, yeah, Matthew Kachuk's really good at hockey. Um, yeah. There's really no way to beat him. Yeah. And apparently there's not. Um, all right. In that case, I guess we're going to switch gears, go right into, uh, the hometown team here. Listen, fortunately for me, uh, I stopped doing the, like, this is my life thing as a fan. Like I, like it's, I'm already over though. The, the biggest thing for me that really fucking sucks is the fact that if this is it, if this is the last year of Bergeron and Krejci, like that's how it fucking ended. Like that, the scene of those two after was the most, that was the worst part. And we were saying this before. I would have told you halfway. I, well, I was texting people halfway through game six. I was like, oh, they're losing in seven. Like they, even when they went up, they were winning in fucking. First of all, Brad Marshland has a breakaway, a buzzer beater in game five to end the series in the third period, a breakaway buzzer beater. That would have been insane. Game six, they somehow come back. They score a shorthanded goal. They take the lead. They still blow the fucking game. They come back from 2 0 down in game seven at home. Go take the lead 3 2. And give up another goal to fucking Montour with 50 seconds left. And then at that point, if you didn't know it was over, I mean, you're, I don't know what planet you're on. Z, I and gotta ask. I got robbed by the knob in overtime, too. I, I gotta ask. The conspiracies out there, they flashed goal like 15, 20 seconds before the goal was actually scored. League rigged or no? Yeah, let's go with that. I'm down. <laughs> um, works for me. Um, but so that whole series, the prognosis for me, if you want to do the postmortem, number one, Paul Maurice beat Jim Montgomery flat out. Montgomery was just changing lines, just trying all this different shit that just clearly was not working. There were a couple of roster decisions and lineup decisions specifically on defense that were crazy. Um, like not having Matt Grizzlick in those couple of those games absolutely killed them because they just could not take the puck out of their own zone at all. And if there's one thing, this is the best year of Grizzlick's career by the way and one of his strongest attributes is either skating the puck out or exiting with a first pass he is like I'm not gonna say he's Jonas Brodeen but you know when Jonas Brodeen just has some of those escapes where like oh my god he's got three four checkers coming and he somehow comes out with like six feet of separation just breaking the puck out by himself with that skating like that's like a poor man's version of that is like what Grizzlick does like he'll do that in the neutral zone too it's crazy so they could not break the puck out of their own zone. Uh, and realistically, though, none of those defensemen showed up. I mean, love him to death. He's one of the best defensemen on the planet. Charlie McAvoy played the seven worst games of hockey I have ever seen him play. It was crazy. Uh, Orlov had flashes. He also had some insane takeover, or, uh, turnovers. Hampus Lindholm was the exact opposite of himself all year. The one guy that actually played like well in probably six of the seven games, Brandon Carlo. And if Brandon Carlo is your best defenseman, I love the guy and he's great, but you're in trouble. Um, 
And again, like half of those fucking forwards, we find out that Bergeron is playing with a fucking herniated disc. <laughs> and by the way, at game seven, he threw a massive hit on Kachuk just to get him. I was like, that's insane. Krejci injured. Olmark injured. They waited too long to go to Swayman what, too. What's the deal with that? Like, explain to me, like, what happened with Olmark and why you would stick with him for so long? Yeah, it's a great question because you know he. It was another one of the weird series where goal that goalie was like he made some like game one. He's the only reason realistically that they won. Like game one, he was lights out. Game two is like eesh, but then he made a few saves too. It was just like a few things where you're sitting there going like, how is this happening? And I wonder if they were comfortable after game five, still like all right, whatever, like you know three two, and then game six happens. And he can't fucking stop a peach ball. <laughs> I mean, neither could uh, what's his face over there, but that's fine. They still got the job done. Um, but I mean, and you know, Swayman made so many great saves in game seven, too. Like, he made some incredible saves in game seven, and they're just the, the ones that one you needed, game, right? Right. So, that's the thing. How do you go to their game seven, right? So, I mean, we talked about it last year with Minnesota. Like, how did you mm-hmm. wait that long to go to Talbot? Same idea, right? Yeah. So, and Omar's not really saying he won't disclose like what the injury is, but he thought he was essentially up to it and clearly wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and goalie Bob just decided to fucking do his thing, man. So, yeah, he's the and Matthew Kachuk. Player. Matthew Kachuk was born for playoff hockey and was born to be the underdog in any series. True. That motherfucker. That's like the, 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 that's the description. He is a, like, even games where, like, you know, you look at game four where the Bruins just piss pounded them and Kachuk was just like, he resorted to trying to fight Old Mark at the end of the game. Like, mm-hmm. he was just full rap mode. And realistically, he made a couple of really bad decisions in that game and, like, was a big part of, like, some of the goals against and some of the fucking botched opportunities, bad penalties. But, like, no matter what, every game that fucking kid leaves his mark on the game. Like you, I have never seen him be a ghost. And ironically enough, he had one point in Game Seven. It was on the OT winner, of course. I don't even know if he actually got the assist on it. Um, but he gets in deep and does his thing. So like, they, the Florida Panthers, Maurice, what a coaching job. Uh, converted on the chances when they got them, and really just like found a way to exploit some of the like biggest like holes in the Bruins. And I still refuse to like, cause again, I was saying before, it's like, man, if you can't beat the Panthers with that defense for like, what do you come on? And they got it done. And I mean, they still gave up a ton of goals, but you know what? Fucking Kachuk did his uh, damn thing. Sam Bennett's a maniac, by the way, that first penalty in game one versus Toronto was the funniest. Talk. <laughs> he was in the air for like a minute and a half trying to take camp's head off. He was like, what? It wasn't even a penalty. Anyways. Um, well, so no, see, but I the gotta... Florida Panthers, like, hey, on the day, the fucking Panthers were better. And I mean, realistically, the I think the Bruins had played, I think they played one good game and it was game four. Other than that, they were, that was the worst hockey, obviously, they played all year. And you can't just sit there and blame it on injuries. Like, the, they did not execute a single fucking play all series long. It was unbelievable. Just the adventure of trying to get that puck out of the zone. It was just zero execution. So, I mean, the Florida Panthers are playing playoff hockey for what two months leading into that. I mean, that I was going to ask about that, right? Like, what yeah. what do you put on that? Like, is that 
the difference maker that they're tuned up. Like they've been fighting for their lives for a month where Boston kind of coasted in. Um, I don't know because realistically, if there's one locker room that I'm like, well, I'm not really worried about them hitting game one after like kicking, like not really needing to win any games for two months straight, it would be Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Brad Mart, like guys that have literally won the Stanley cup and have had heart wrenching fucking playoff losses in the past too. <laughs> like they've been around, they know. Um, but who knows? I mean, I think it was more for the momentum of the Panthers. Sure. I think, but I would, I, I can't sit here and be like, Oh yeah. They wish came into this series thinking this cause they haven't had to whatever. Like I, anyone that says, Oh, they just underestimated. I think that just means you don't really know anything about like analyzing the game of hockey. That's a cop out. I really do. Like, I think like, Oh no, I just need to sound like I know what I'm like. They, they underestimated. I would have told you, I would have told you. It's like, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the, I'm sure Patrice fucking Bergeron went into the playoffs and was like, these guys suck. <laughs> like we're, we're going to kick the shit out of them because we're better. I'm <laughs> sure mean, that's what Patrice fucking Bergeron, who's up for his 12th Selkie in a row, by the way, that's insane. Uh, 12 nomination in a row. Um, that, that's the next shirt Z. Like he made the shirt for Jim Montgomery, like make the one that's like, yeah, these guys fucking suck. We got nothing to worry about. Patrice Bergeron. Sound? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm uh, sure he did that. Um, no, but that, again, so anyone that's like, oh, they underestimated. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, who? Like, who, who underestimated them? I, I underestimated them, but like, I don't I did, think a single yeah. player in that locker room did. Right. Crazy. <laughs> and like how Matthew Kachuk is like the most such a Bruins player and he beat the Boston Bruins. Like your team loaded up on rats. Like we were laughing about it. Like, oh my God, they're going to murder everyone. Like not like on the game sheet. Like, I mean, like literally murder people. And he came in, he's like, yeah, you got a lot of rats, but I'm the rat king. Yeah. He's just, if he was a Bruin, he would have a statue here already. Yeah. He would, they would literally like, all right, we're building a statue (laughs) everywhere. It just had a close up of him in the penalty box. As you said that it's so perfect. No, there you go. (laughs) He's fucking unbelievable. That guy is unbelievable. Like, Oh, by the, the way, Jeff everyone Merrick. that said everyone that's just said he was a passenger on that fucking line in Calgary. Whoops. You Idiot. stupid assholes. Dude, the other Merrick question that's been going around <laughs> one game, you got to win a Stanley Cup or you got to win to advance and you get to pick one player. Austin Matthews or Matthew Kachuk. And he's oh, asking us to like he's asking Toronto people and like watching them score. I'm like. I mean, yeah, the right answer is Matthew Kachuk, but fuck you for asking me. It's crazy because, like, it shouldn't be, though, because, like, and Austin Matthews is, is, like, one of the best. I don't care what anyone says. Like, defensively, he is one of the best centers on the planet. So, like, so, like, people are like, oh, well, all he does is score. It's like, no, he actually, if you look at his numbers, he has insane impact at both ends of the ice, like, five on five. Like, he could, if they really wanted him to, kill penalties, but why would you do that? Why would you be like, hey, go block, block a shot, Austin. Go, go block fucking a Weber bomb. Ah, <laughs> uh, God. But anyways, we got to move yeah. on because we're 27 minutes in. We haven't really jumped right. into Minnesota yet. I, I got to um, ask you then, because this is kind of Minnesota, but it's not the wild. Last thing before we kind of move on from the playoffs, minus the wild. Matty Nice, just talk about it for a minute. You know what, dude? Like, good for fucking that guy like i remember 
in his draft year, there were so many questions about like, is he going to actually bring it like at the next level? And there were so many games when he was in tri tri city where you're like, Oh my God, he's taking over. And when he does that, he is just a like he does everything. And that kid in junior hockey was taking over so many games in the USHL. And, but then like, it was a really, cause it was the second half of his draft season that he was just like all out, like, Oh shit. Like, uh Oh, like he is fucking, if he did this all year, he'd be top 20. No question. Um, and then he goes to Minnesota, does his thing. But I was wondering a kid who did what he did in college and has all the spotlight already. He goes signs in Toronto in the year that they have to win. Like mm -hmm. they can not get eliminated in the first round or everybody's gone mm -hmm. in terms of like coaching staff, front office. Like, I mean, everybody, they load up, they get Ryan O'Reilly, Jake McCabe. They make all these trades and legitimately load up. And it's like, this is it like this is the year and for a kid to step in right after college with the he's had the spotlight in terms of that prospect pool for years for since he got drafted realistically and like went to minnesota mm -hmm. like as soon as he did that and he was filthy he was like this is the guy and he's tough and he plays a hard game like he's gonna fix them like this is the guy for that kid to step into the lineup in toronto like in toronto and not only like win a spot, keep it and then get promoted up the lineup is insane. And what who gets the fucking game winning assist on the series winner for the first time in 20 fucking years? It's Maddie Nye. So like what a like it's incredible. And I had like my doubts about what he i mean and we still don't know ultimately what he's gonna be in the nhl we don't know that yet he's played like fucking what 10 games 15 games maybe i don't even know it's gotta be like 10 um so who knows like whatever like long term but like the fact that he's been able to just step in and legitimately have a massive impact and be noticeable and again in that market when you've already had the spotlight for two seasons now and the pressure like it's incredible and so it's incredibly impressive so good for that guy, dude. And he scores last. That was sick. Uh, he scored there. Hey, the first guy to. So he has the assist on the series clincher, the first series clincher in fucking whatever, 20 years. Who scores their first goal of the second round in however many goddamn years? It's fucking Matty Nice. So but it had to be after crazy. Florida scored twice because I bet on Nice to score first. And oh, that one. Well, been. he's, dude, he. When the, but, and there's another thing that the shot, the goal right before that, they went off him. Like he deflected the puck into his own net. It went off his hand. And he lit the good for Sheldon Keith for throwing him right back out in the ice. Yeah. And he literally goes and scores next shift. Like that's a dog. Like that is a fucking player. So good for him. Like it's just been, I yeah. love when guys just step right in. I mean, look at Brock Favorite did the same thing, stepped right into Minnesota. And, and was both legit. of them had like a game saving, like in the crease save. Yeah. Yep. That was nuts. Well, dude, I, I ran into Kyle Dubas at Amelie Arena during the Frozen Four, and I immediately was like, ah, oh, I think I know why you're here. He's like, what do you mean? 
It's just really oh, good hockey. I'm you like, you son yeah. of a bitch. Yeah. But I, I got him to take a picture, and like he just leans in and whispers, like, no fucking chance that we lose in the first round with Matty Nyes, that <laughs> fucking stallion. <laughs> Dude, he's just, I mean, again, like, I love when I love the fact that more and more they're kids that are stepping in and making an impact like this young. Yeah. And I mean, again, like good for him. It's insanely impressive. They did it not just in general with any, that's impressive for anyone, like any player to step right in and like be good in the playoffs and like solidify a spot, but to do it with all that pressure in Toronto is incredible. So like, mm -hmm. if you were wondering if he was big time, like if he was made for like the fucking big games, there's your yeah. fucking answer. Wow. Like what a goddamn start. Dude, I so I got to throw this in here. I don't know how much truth there is to it, but Elliot Friedman is certainly trying to put it in a position that it is. Even though they got through the first round, like he chooses whether he comes back or not to Toronto, uh, that being Kyle Dubas. And he's basically insinuated that he's going to basically rob Toronto blind because Fenway Sports Group is going to absolutely throw the bag at him. I love that. I love that too. <laughs> I hate I hate that Fenway Sports Group, but that would be so fucking funny. Oh my god. They finally find peace. Actually, really if they don't win the cup, it's gonna it's gonna be as if they didn't it'll win. It'll be the a meltdown. Edit. It'll Dude, be as if they got swept. They were up they were up three to two and the whole fucking town melted. <laughs> Dude, I was in tears. Like I in fucking game five. Like the fans were just like, it's over. In game five, like they're up three one. They have like a chance to win it. And like they're like, it's over. The series is over. It happened again. <laughs> like you're winning three one. It's overtime. <laughs> like if you fucking score, it's over. And they're like, nope. Like, good for that. That's self-awareness, though. It's like these bastards can't fucking hurt me again. Um, but I feel like we have to switch gears here and yes, get them in. We're, so, we're going to the wild. 34 we're going minutes. To the wild. All right. So Z, tell me. This year for the Minnesota Wild, failure. Yes or no? I I don't know how you'd say it's a failure to be honest with you. Like, so was it a success? I don't think it has to be a success or a failure to be honest with you. Like, I think there were positives. There were, I mean, it's like any fucking year where you don't win. Like, they didn't come into the year as the favorites. They didn't come into the year with a roster that anyone was like, yeah, they're better than they were last year. Like no one said that, um, and realistically, they, it it kind of feels like it ended the way everyone's like, yeah, this is like the most likely scenarios. They just they get in either as a wild card or the three seed. I mean, I put them at three, but I think I had St. Louis at two. By the way, Jesus, what a shit storm they are. Um, Ooh, people gave me shit. I had them down at six, and I think it ended up being right. <laughs> I think you were right. Um, it kind of felt like. I mean, anyone gets uh, like caught up in the heat of a season, and I mean, they went on a, that crazy streak too. It's like, oh shit! Like they're like they're back. It was crazy because the the year really felt like it was up down, up down, up down. Like when it's <laughs> the first like ten games, it was um, all things are bad and getting worse, and we like might not have a goal. <laughs> Dude, but it I was never, it was as bad. I as will game. never forget that fucking first game against the Rangers. I was like. Oh my god, they might give up 700 fucking goals this season. <laughs> um, <God damn> it. <laughs> but it's kind of crazy just like the fact that again, like the, I 
don't think anyone can argue that they came into this year with a roster that was like objectively better than the one the year before. Like you lose Fiala, you're definitely getting worse. Like it just is what it is. And you're then relying on a lot of young guys to come in and fill that. Realistically, was it possible? Yeah, but like likely, no. Um, and there still were some guys that had good years. I mean, equity's healthy is a freak of nature, that guy. Uh, but all year, all goddamn year, someone was out with a major injury, like all goddamn year. So it really just, again, like it was either they were eight and two in their last 10 or like four five and one in their last 10. Mm-hmm. And then the goalies got hot. So there's another positive story, by the way, you got yeah. Gustafson now. So I don't think the year was a failure. I wouldn't go out and say, oh, it was a major success. Like everything worked exactly how we were hoping it would. But um, I think it was a real bitter end, especially just with the fact that you were up 2-1 in that series. And then to just like completely flame out the way they did, which like you find out some of the injuries these dudes had. And you're like, yep, okay, that that about that about feels accurate. Uh, that feels like how it ended. It probably how it should have. Um, but it's hard for me to sit here and say that it's a complete failure, though. And again, I know everyone wants to because everyone. I, needs it feels to. worse to me though when you add the word complete. Like it's okay to say it was a failure, but when yeah. you say complete failure, it's like you were the worst fucking team in the league. Yeah, I mean, realistically, anyone that's not tanking or anyone that's like not rebuilding, like every year, right. your goal is the Stanley Cup, or else I don't really know what the fuck you're showing up for. So, and like realistically, there's 31 teams that don't win the Stanley Cup. Like, so is that right. you know what I mean? Well, um, so uh, uh, let's. But yeah, you're on. right. The word "complete" is like the word <laughs> "complete" is like Philadelphia Flyers level. You know what I mean? Like Ooh, that feels good. Chuck. Fucking Chuck. Chuck. Jesus. Um, so off of that, then we're saying not failure, not success, highs and lows. What do we think about Dean Evison? Is he like safe? Is he on the hot seat next year? Is he someone that you think shouldn't be with the team? Yeah. You know, it's so weird. That's another weird one too. Cause like the one quote that, so we'll talk about Bill Guerin's comments after in a sec here. I haven't actually sat down and listened to the whole thing at all. So we'll tee up Hoppy and he's going to let me know what we'll go from there. But um, the one quote that I agree with is like, this guy's had like two complete injury ridden lineups for two years and has uh, gotten us to over a hundred points in both seasons. And like, so in that it's, it's hard to, like knock them too much but i mean when you go back to back you make the same exact mistakes and again like some of the the shit this year in the playoffs was so like juvenile where it was you can't just like swallow your pride for one press conference about refereeing you can't like make a little minor adjustment like yes i know the minnesota wild have to play with grit first but they have to do hit everything that moves for them to be for them to be who they are but you can't like rein it in a little bit mm-hmm. like it felt really stubborn so like you look at the shit in the playoffs and you're sitting there like man like this is the same fucking thing as last season like mm-hmm. the same issues special teams uh-oh can't do anything uh i mean i'm, I'm not gonna use the goaltending thing against them this year like it was a really weird one in game two but again we talked about this last week if you don't eat That's after 1 30 like y- you shouldn't be playing yeah, in the next game so. yeah so um exactly that's that's what everyone's saying but um and again it's just like even with Eck out 
other guys either just returning from injury or like clearly still injured. You had a two one series fucking lead. It was right there. Well, that that's what so twofold for me, I guess. Why I don't see the season as a failure, but I see the playoffs as a complete failure. Yeah. I picked Dallas and six. I think Dallas is notedly the better team on paper, on the ice in a lot of ways. Like they are a very good team that is in a very good position to contend for the cup this year. It's the way you lose. Like yeah. you literally have a commanding two one lead. Like you trounced them in game three. You're buzzing. You're coming off. Perfect. Uh, like they were competitive in game four. But then game five and six flat, like just not seeing anything like the team seemed disinterested. And yeah, I'm, I'm and like man, talking to about everyone. Like there's a couple of guys, maybe, but the whole team flat. And the thing that kills me with Dean, no adjustments, nothing. And you can't win in the playoffs doing that. Like you can get through a regular season and be fine. He's done it. I need to see playoff success, not even success. I need to see him coach a good series, period. Yeah. And, like, you said it right there, too, where they're competitive. I mean, game four, if, if not for Ottinger, fucking JoJo yeah. ties it up there, the dying fucking, like. So at that point after game four, you're sitting there like, oh, this is going seven. Like, and both teams are looking at those games like, man, well, other than game three, where, I mean, that was, one of the biggest shit kickings I've seen in the playoffs, and I've, especially with Minnesota, the other way. <laughs> oh yeah, that was bad too. Those yeah, so there you go. <laughs> but it, it honestly felt like both teams were like bad. Like this went wrong. This went wrong. We're like right here, but it felt like oh, this is seven. And again, yeah. Felino takes those two bad penalties that shouldn't have been penalties that the league hey literally apologized for in game four. What a weird move, by the way. They've done that before. But why, like why they've been like, like, what's the point of that? Well, usually the way it goes too is those other ref, like that ref won't get the next series, like whatever. It's so like the there you go. That means the conversation was definitely had with the teams too. Uh, but so what do they do after game four? They bitch about that constantly. Marcus Felino first shift in game five, five minute major game over. Like it was it. That was done. And like again after that game. So Dumba kills Pavelski in game one. What does DeBoer do after game one? He's like, we did whatever. He basically was like, we didn't like it, but the ref said this. So we live with it. We move on. Basically it's what he said, sprinkled in a little salt and pepper. But like after game five, Everson, I could not believe it. I was like, you can't just listen to what DeBoer did in game one in a somewhat similar situation where you got out. Like, I don't, I think the refs made the right call in that instance, but like, Realistically, Dude. they could have fucking went off. I got to say, like, nothing but props to DeBoer, the way that he handled some of it, not just yeah, after game was... one, but then that's a guy that's been coaching in the playoffs for yeah. fucking 20 years. Dude, Everson comes in and he's like, oh, yeah, they're diving left and right, whatever. And like, it's like the immediate response from DeBoer is, yeah, I mean, you know, if I was one of the top penalized teams in the league, I'd probably be saying the same thing. Like, I actually think that's a really good coaching job by Dean Everson. It's like, you fucker with that backhanded compliment. Like, that was the dagger right there. The second he started dropping those in, I'm like, yeah, he, he won the media battle. He won the ref battle. It's over. And this is my biggest problem. We're not even sitting here and talking about tactics right now. We're spending 10 minutes talking about how, like, you can't just, like, calm down for a second. Be an adult. Literally, like, 
So that's the thing for me that's really bugged me about specifically like, and this isn't new either. Like this is a thing that's been forever, but like you look at the fucking just undisciplined, like juvenile, stubborn. You look at that fucking power play, holy stubborn, by the oh way. My God. Um, so that's the thing with me. And like you said, the adjustments, like nothing. So they don't exist. He, he then finally, I'm not sitting final, here and saying final elimination play. game. Oh, I guess we'll switch Johansson and Zuccarello because people want me to make a change. Like the yeah. fuck. Yeah. So I'm not sitting here. I don't really know how I would feel about should the whole staff just go like, I don't know. I'm not even lobbying for that. I'm just saying the people that think it's ridiculous to consider firing him is also wrong. Like, I I think he goes into this next season hot seat. Be damned with what happens in the regular season short of missing the playoffs. But I need to see him coach a competent playoff series. And if he doesn't get him the fuck out, if he does, good. he learned. It sure sounds like the guys around him, either all of them or most of them won't be back based on some of the comments that I was seeing. At least some. So, I mean, the special teams, what's his face? I mean, <laughs> he's fucked. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, yeah, I, I don't think yeah. it's crazy, but I, I, I wouldn't be like, I'd be like, all right, well. Like if they actually ended up, which again, I think he, what, got two years left in the contract he just signed. Yeah, he's uh, well. I mean, that, three. Let's I be guess. fair, dude. Sutter got fired before his new contract even kicked in, and they what basically gave him eight way. million to walk away. So, <laughs> like, crazy. There's no rules, but right. I, I feel you. But so you talk- with Leopold, dude. Leopold, like, what do you need? Right. Fire them. Yeah, I'll pay him. Not coach. I don't care. You, you, need, uh, you, yeah. need, you need to get rid of a body. Whatever. We got it. You, um, you need a private private jet. So, off of some of the comments there, though, with stubbornness i think it's pretty fair to also look at marcus felina with that and this isn't something that garen talked about but it's something that has come up quite a bit online russo has addressed it a little bit the possibility of trading a marcus felino just at face value what are your thoughts on that uh i would say it i understand it and i don't think it's like the craziest thing in the world but i think number one whether people like it or not, it's a good fucking hockey player. Number two, the fact you're definitely losing Matt Dumba, which is like, mm-hmm. by the way, gut wrenching fucking media availability. My, that sucked. That anyone that's like continuing to talk shit, I think you're a fucking asshole. Uh, a lot of them. I know it's fucking crazy that poor guy can't fucking catch a break like from anybody ever. But anyways, uh, that is a bit that would be a massive personality lose the room. Whether people put any value in that or not. I now you look at the other side though. I think there's plenty of teams that would give up a good amount for that fucking guy. He's shown that he can be a very effective player. He can, and he scored fucking 20 goals a year ago. Uh, he's tough as fuck. <laughs> like, and like realistically was the like vocal captain while Spurgeon is just like the, Oh, this guy just does everything right. And mm-hmm. quietly leads. So, I think it's a mistake to like get, but I, again, I do think you could probably get a good amount. You could get something that's it's one way to get three sheets off the fucking cap. Up. Yeah. And well, and uh, here's the real question then I'll, I'll give it to you. Cause you were, you had to have been the first one in the fan club. Do you think that Brandon Duham can adequately replace him? I Not think from the it, leadership position, but just on the ice, can he fill a similar role? Albeit smaller body. 
Well, it's not going to be, it wouldn't be immediate, but like, I think when you look at Brandon Duhame and you're like, what is like, when you're looking at the overall profile of that player, like when this guy is what he is at the NHL, when he's fully developed, what is the kind of player that I'm looking for him to be? It's Marcus Foligno. So, I mean, we've talked about it before too. Like when we weren't sure what was going on to happen with Green, we were like, it, like Duhame feels like he's just going to go right in there and fill that role. But I mean, he's shown offense too. So he's, so yeah, I mean, basically I'm saying it's not going to be next season, but you're hoping that that's what Duhame turns into with a little bit more, uh, I don't know, like poise, which doesn't really seem likely because I think that, if he eats the roster, he eats the lineup when he does the lineup announcements, he literally eats the paper. So I can't see him being like, you know, a, a calmer uh, version, but I think at the NHL level, when you're looking at what am I hoping I have in Brandon Duhame, it's what Felino was last year, where is he driving the line? No. Is he chipping in offensively? Yes. Cause he has skill. He's got a great shot. And like, he is a smart hockey player. Like some of the things that he does in the offensive owner, it's good. He is capable of being a good defensive player and he's, like he plays fucking hard and he brings it every goddamn shift. So I think you're looking at him. You're saying, I hope this guy developed into what Marcus Felino was 2021, 2022. Um, but the danger in that though is like, okay, well, if you're trading Felino, you need someone to do the things that he does. I don't think Brandon Duhan's at the point where he's going to just step right and be that guy next season. So sure. Um, I would imagine that that's how they'd look at it. Like, well, we have, who we have to resign, by the way. <laughs> yes, very much need oh. to do that. Um, so, I mean, another guy, though, that with Dumba stepping out, there's been a lot of discussion around Bill Guerin being pretty keen on bringing Ryan Reeves back. To you know, Michael Russo's dismay, he is not in favor of it, but it sounds like that's the direction it might go. Like, do you think that that's necessary when you lose a voice like Dumba? You're not sure where Felino's at. And obviously the captain of the team, Spurgeon, quiet dude. Like, do you re-sign Reeves or not if you get him on the right number? Well, the, the, the right number is league men. Which, like, <laughs> and not two years. Like, you know what I mean? Like, one yeah, by he's, league He's minimum. saying he needs two years. It's like, eh, I don't know. Right. So, I, I mean... Listen, I love Revo. I love when they traded for him because I thought it was really funny. I, I, they could have given up more than fucking what they did. I was like, well, that's fucking hilarious. I don't care. Yeah, that's very funny. And it made a lot of people upset at the time. So I loved it. Um, yeah, sorry, would I Brad. love it if he was back? Yeah, sure. I do think at times there were a lot of games where you're sitting there like, really? He's blocking this guy who's probably earned a call up at this point? Uh, you're having to make a choice between... I'm sorry. You're making a choice between before Shaw got healthy or got hurt, I guess. But like you had an opportunity for like a Shaw Duhame doer. You had Sunquist there that could play on that fourth line and fill a similar role, but you had to go like one of those guys was gonna get blocked for Ryan Reeves, who no one will fight. Like there's three guys in the league that are like willing to go with him. And like other than that, overall impact, I don't know. I mean, we saw flashes towards the end there too, where he had some good games, but like I think if you bring him back, number again, like it has to be fucking league minimum. And two years scares the shit out of me. Um, yeah, the two years and I understand the personality good. void, but like you can't do that. Like I think that's a pretty big part of your roster right now where, you, hey, we're not bringing in top end guys. You know what I mean? Like if we're going to add to this roster, we need like realistically, 
to compete next year, you need four lines that can go and can produce because again, you're not bringing in a first line center in the off season. You're not bringing in a guy that's going to score 30 next season uh, from somewhere else. Like that's who you're going out and signing. So you need guys in that, like you need every forward to be able to produce somehow, like somehow, some way. And like, again, as much as I love Revo, I think he's incredible in the room, obviously. And things he does are very funny. Uh, and he's had flashes of like decent hockey games. Like he's not getting you 10 goals on the fourth line. Like he's not. Mm-hmm. And realistically, you're not putting him out there to kill penalties. No one's going to fight him. So yeah, I would love to see him back because I love him. I just, it, does it make a ton of sense if the rationale is we're losing all this personality? I don't know. Sure. So let, let's say Dumba's gone. Reeves is gone. Moose here or not. We'll, we'll toss that to the side for now. With the lack of resolve, zero pushback, how flat the team got pretty early in both game five and six. Any concerns with Jared Spurgeon wearing the C? No. Next question. That's fucking <laughs> anyone that says that shit. I'm like, I judge you in every decision <laughs> you've ever made in your life and any decision, any future decision that you will make moving forward. I think you are stupid. Anyone that's like, oh, why is he? It was this dude. I, we did this. We did the same fucking thing in Boston where people, when Sedano Char was playing at 57 years old, people were like, it's because he won't give the C to Bergeron. That's why they're losing. And you're sitting there like, are you fucking nuts? Like, fucking Sedano Chara wearing the C is not why they are losing playoff games. Someone, I remember, I will never forget, someone looked at me dead in the face at a bar, so, like, whatever, like, I take it with a grain of salt. They looked at me dead in the face and said, I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Bergeron asked for a trade because Chara won't give up the captain. I was like, well, did that just... wild statement. I was like, I don't know if I'm more shocked that that came out of your mouth or the thought came into your brain. Like, that's insane. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Same fucking thing. And anyone that wants to talk shit about Jared Spurgeon, that guy is a fucking stud. Like, he is unbelievable at hockey. Like, he's a fucking incredible. So anyone that does the Spurgeon thing, I'm like, you're you're nuts. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he's one of the best players in the position. Spurgeon is yeah. Chara. Got it. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Same height. Same, like, that, meanness. That'll for sure be Isha's... Uh thumbnail for that one. Oh my god um, yeah, fucking a. okay so let's get into the one that's been the most polarizing then we've got garen talking about obviously uh some guys that underperformed expected more from whatever um two in particular that he very much is saying need to stay in minnesota for the summer uh, obviously karel kaprizov because of geopolitical reasons uh, but also Marco Rossi. And there's been a lot of conjecture out there. Garen hasn't said it, but uh, let's just say it's something that Russo has juggled on and off. He doesn't think it's a good idea, but thinks it's something that's being discussed in the front office. How would you react if Marco Rossi was no longer on the team after a move this summer? I, well, I mean, am like most sane, rational human beings going to say what everyone says. That's crazy early to give up on a guy. To me, 
if that were to happen, you're looking at the kid and you're saying like, it's probably going to happen for this kid, but it, he must might need a fresh start where there's him going somewhere and whatever, like, because realistically, no matter what, he was going to have the spotlight on him, gets drafted that high, mm-hmm. has that kind of profile, misses a year of hockey and literal exercise, um, comes back, does the thing, and then he just doesn't like immediately light it up, whatever. So he's been through a lot since he's been drafted. So I'm looking at that and, and I'm saying they would probably like to like make a stab at a top end prospect in this draft or the next draft based on whatever you're going to get for him. And this kid's going to go get a fresh start somewhere where he can just like start his career over. I think it's crazy. I like if you're giving up on Marco Rossi, I think you're nuts. Yes. It didn't happen. The first 15 fucking games of his NHL career. Um, shocking. He didn't step into this lineup and, and just light it up, produce on the fourth line. I uh, can't believe it wasn't a point per game guy. But I, mean, I don't think they'll do it. Like, See, I don't know how you give Patty, up. Eddie Jarvis, they're, they're all playing well. Yeah, that's the thing. So that's the other thing that hurts them too is just the fact that there's other guys that think they're all the same draft class who are starting to either come on or Perfetti, like Eddie Jarvis, Lundell, like they're right. all looking good. Yeah, so that's obviously why you got to fucking part ways. Um, I don't think like I think it's not like I mean I do think it's crazy. That being said, everyone's available for the right price, obviously. Like, I think Ross, like Rossi's situation's a million percent different than like Addison's situation. I still wouldn't give up on Addison either, by the way. I'd like to be on the record saying pretty, that. Pretty early on both, but uh, okay. Yes. Yes. But it's still like, I think that situation's different than Rossi's. Very different. Uh, I still, again, they're both way too young for me to just like give up on, obviously. Like, and I think they probably know that too. I just wonder if they're at a certain impasse with fucking Kalen Addison for some reason. Uh, or they really were, know, or they're really put off with how he handled. Yeah. Um, well, dude, I, okay. Let, they're also a completely comment. different profile player though, too, where like totally. Addison, like he's got the label of like one trick pony, like, uh, so we got, we got to do thing. this. See? Okay. Like we don't need to get into Addison. Should he stay or not? We don't need to get into any of that. They continue. Garen said in his press conference that there's no room on this roster for specialists john how can you fucking look me in the eye without a fucking smirk and say that we don't have room for specialists and immediately replace him with a fucking specialist in john klingberg who let's let's be clear he's had nine fucking years in the nhl to figure out defense addison's had one year how it just blows my mind i'm not saying it's right i'm not saying it's right I'm not saying that's correct. I'm not saying it. I'm saying when you're a young player in this fucking league and you have that label, it's never been, it's never like, well, at least he's really good at that one thing. Let's give up on the other shit, but we're going to keep him around because he's got the one thing that he does really well. When they're young, when that's a young player like that, usually this is just for whatever fucking reason, either no one's willing to work with him with the other shit slash they're not willing to work with the other shit. Which I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying how it t- typically tends to go, especially with like fucking power play defensemen. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that I would give up on him. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not People saying he's saying incapable. It. I'm of not being saying fair. it. People are saying it. As Doug McLean always says, I'm not telling you it's true. I'm just telling you what I heard. <laughs> uh, but I do, But I do think their situations are different, though. 
no, they're very different situations. I yeah, but again, you're right though. That was it was a very funny like thing where it's like no no specialists here, no uh like he's what was the fucking I, why do I always I never remember that fucking term specialists here and he goes Clegberg. <laughs> It looked like it's so funny too, because like half the time, like sometimes it's not even like a good power play quarterback. He just like walks the line like better than anyone else in the league, and it's like that's it. It's not even like really doing anything. He's just skating cool. <laughs> like, sometimes he'll do it and then like throw a shot into like a fucking shin pad that's eight feet in front of him. Like, well, why'd you fucking sidestep for twelve feet? I mean, Garen's backup plan if hockey didn't work out was that he was going to go to NASA and be an astronaut. So he's just fascinated. With uh, that guy is that guy is the oh, yeah, that Bill Garrett. Also, just side note, nothing having to do with hockey is like the biggest beauty on the planet. Like, he's so fucking funny. (laughs) Where he's also where he's from, Massachusetts. That's how literally everybody's from. That's what they're all like. So, it's like, I would love to get this guy back in fucking East Log Meadow or Springfield and just plop him down in the town bar out there. He would just be hanging out with the fellas. But anyways, we gotta move. We're at we're at an hour. Yeah. So all right, we'll move then from the Minnesota Wild. We'll have plenty more to talk about as the summer progresses. Only topic you really wanted to get into here today for the Iowa Wild. Clearly, they cleaned house. Uh, Tim Army and crew are not returning. What are you looking for in the next coach that comes in? And I mean, if you have any guys in mind, by all means. No one in mind specifically, but like in terms of just an overall like um, philosophy in the game, I would love to just see someone be able to come in and let the young guys have big time roles on the team. Like we're not going to go put Adam back. Not saying that he did that this year, but in years past, it's kind of been like that old school, like stereotypical old guy fucking hockey where it's like, you're going to go learn to develop on the fourth line. It's like, all right, Adam. All right, Adam Beckman, go 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 hang out with Cody McLeod and Brandon Baddock on the fourth line, and I expect you to score goals somehow. Like, I would love to see them play just like a little bit more, I mean, like free, like fun hockey instead of just like because I mean, I'll be honest, there are games where they're very fun to watch. Because one thing that he does is he gets them going. Like they are they're working their bag off every goddamn game. Like there were so many games last season specifically. Um or they were like, I mean, they were like Minnesota where they were just like these ridiculous last minute comebacks and they'd win in overtime or whatever. So like they, they, and they love the guy. They, they, they love Tim Army. He's a very funny ass dude. I think he has a permanent voice loss from screaming so much, Um, but like they work for him. They fucking work hard, but I would just love to see a little bit more just like fun, free flowing hockey versus like go learn to do this part of the game out of back. Like specifically, I just, every time I come back to Beckman, um, but I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I, I, I wasn't totally shocked because I mean, he's been there for how long they've made the playoff twice. Um, realistically, they haven't had like a lot of years where they've got top end talent in the last couple of years. A lot of those guys have ended up going to Minnesota and not going back. Like you're looking at Matt Boley, Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, like those guys that were like really good for him in fucking Iowa. And then they're dealing with the lineup change, whatever. But at the yeah, same time, like I, there were a lot of guys that came here too. It's like, all right, you do this thing. Like you're, you're grinding. Like it's like, I don't want someone that's going to turn a guy again, like Batman, into like a bottom six grinder. But I you think know, that's like, the perfect point though, Z, because I think Matt Boldy's the outlier. 
I think Army's done a really good job of churning out bottom mm. six guys. We haven't mm-hmm. really seen him do anything with the, you know, quote unquote blue chippers, right? And a lot of those guys in the past, before Garen and like Judd Brackett, too, like a lot of those guys, like some of those fucking draft picks. Um, and like some of the guys, they were just, they, I mean, they had a real nice track record of like trading prospects super early or giving up their first round picks for like making like totally. for uh, Martin Holmes. Oh, God, I will never forget that one. Um, that one hurts. So I was like, you're fucking nuts. Um, okay, sure. Let's just do this, I guess. Let's give up what, uh, whatever. Um, I do think like they've also remained fairly competitive since army's been there. And again, like that team fucking works their back off. And like you said, given some of the talent they've gone up against in the past two, um, he's done a real good job. Like you said, churning out guys that can grind in the NHL. And, and I think his general approach of, I hope, when he like when he tells guys, I hope you get called up and we never see you again. A lot of times, like especially the last couple of years, e- either that's happened or guys that haven't stuck but like played really well. It's because there's just no spot permanently. Like oh, oh down goes the mic and the uh, oh, it's falling apart now. Um, but like there's just been no spot for it. Like they're filling in for an injury or whatever. But I think largely a lot of times guys will come up from Iowa and like look pretty good. Um. Yeah in whatever role, but I don't know. I would just like to see a little bit almost like less structure to be honest, but at the same time uh, that I think about it, I don't really know how that'll go. Well, it's, it's the Marty St. <laughs> Louis coaching structure, right? It's mm-hmm. like, don't tell them that they have to do this exact like fucking system. Give them a framework and let them be creative within that framework. Like that is for sure something that would be nice to inject in some manner. I'll be very curious to see what they go with, like who they go with. Uh, there's a couple of names that got dropped today as like being evaluated. I know Brett McLean was one. Um, hmm. Don't recall who else, but yeah, we'll obviously keep tabs in the coming weeks here. We're going to be going for five in a row next week, which would be just fucking bonkers. Um, Simmer down. <laughs> last thing here then before we uh, sign off. We we know the Wild are picking at either 21 or 22, depending on how the Seattle Kraken finish out here. Um, but so just talking early 20s, like I know one guy you brought up uh, as an option for the Wild at that spot, Nate Danielson. What do we think about him and how could he fit? I'll be very curious to see where a guy like Nate Danielson goes in this draft. He is <clears throat> the one thing that makes me think he's going to go the way higher than probably a he i don't like saying this but higher than he should or higher than i would say any public scout would tell you is the fact that prodman just released his like his rankings and he had him at sixth overall which is i mean no like you you can't do that um but he's a good player man and like really fun to watch and i think especially in the offensive zone he's very fun um Tons of skill. He's got a real good shot, decent enough skater, and he plays a game that's really predicated around offense. But like, there's enough foundation there where I think he can be coaching a very good two way center at the NHL level. And again, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. That he's like six foot one. Um, so if you're looking at Minnesota targeting centers with some size and with some like pretty high ceiling in terms of offense, and I think that at the NHL level, he's a center. Like, I don't think he's a winger. So 
um, Nate Danielson would probably be a pretty good piece to add to this this prospect pool. He's a really fun player to watch. Had a real nice year at Brandon. He went on one streak of like like a twenty game point streak or whatever. And I mean, like playing like he did take over some games. It's a pretty quiet but very effective, obviously, and he's he's capable of producing big numbers. But um, it's somewhat quiet where he doesn't like he'll make the odd play that does like dazzle you, whatever. But I think he's a very smart player. And again, I, I just like the foundation of tools that he has there and the skill set. And the fact that he's a center with size with like decent high upside in terms of like offensive ceiling. Um, and guy that definitely I think can develop into a, an effective two way player. I think that would be a really good guy to add into this prospect pool for sure. Um, if they want to go the center out, another guy that's slipping that I think probably looking at his game, especially this year, that he's most likely a, a winger at the NHL level, but a level. But he's definitely capable of being a guy that, if he can kind of put this year behind him, uh, a guy like Braden Yeager, who entered this year and everyone's like he was the guy challenging for that fifth, sixth spot. Um, had an off year, but I mean, as a as an underager, the WHL, he set a new record for Moose Jaw for goals. By the way, the guy that he beat was Theo Fleury, nut job, but very good at hockey. Um, <laughs> he scored thirty fucking goals in the WHL as an underager. Like that's unbelievable. And definitely an off year this year, like right around a point per game, a little less. But yeah, I think everyone's expecting like a blowout, like big time year right behind Bedard and points. Uh, maybe not right behind him because no one was right behind him. But um, that's a guy who's like six foot. He's plays a fucking hard game. Like he is, he can be physical, but I think he just plays too much on the perimeter. He's probably a winger at the NHL level, but like there's legit ceiling there. He could be a 30 30 guy for sure if, he, if everything goes right for him. There's okay. another guy there. And um, you know who I'm very curious about? It's going to be a, it would be a risk. I, I probably at this point, he'll probably go in the first round just because he's fucking big and mean and he's a center. But I am very curious now with the Wisconsin coaching change, this recruiting class that's coming in, what that'll do for a guy like Charlie Stramel. Like, I don't necessarily see a ton of offensive upside at the NHL level, but I think he's a very safe pick. Um, to, I mean, unless you take him high. <laughs> so, like, I mean, at this point, if like, you know, whatever, maybe twenty-five and beyond, I think. And I'm not saying that the Wild should do this, but I'm, I'm just like the with this coaching change at Wisconsin. I'm curious to see what happens with a lot of those guys specifically. Like, I'll be curious to see what he looks like next season. I don't Again, think he'll be in Wisconsin, man. Like, he's not nearly old enough for my castings. Mm-hmm. good point it's true and they're poaching everybody apparently and everyone's upset about it yes people are getting quite upset about it but they got a couple they've got fucking william whitelaw who's a stud uh shattuck kid tiny but really fun like one of the funnest players to watch he doesn't give a lick about defense at all does not care um but his mixtape is a whole lot of fun um We'll see how t- he's another one that's gonna be fascinating. He's super undersized, um, but he I mean, fuck, he does play hard. He's physical, and his skill is insane. His shot is a joke. Like he's a very very fun player to watch. Um, he lit it up at the Holinka last summer. Um, I'll be curious to see what NHL teams think of him. But those are those would be two guys I would look at though. Danielson Jaeger would be uh, it's a, a bit. Risky so he's not a center though to you. 
Jaeger's not a center. I, no, I think I think a lot of people have probably he just he's on the periphery too much and relies so much on that shot. And there's like the occasional playmaking, but this year specifically, uh, there weren't a whole lot of games where he's driving the offense necessarily. But I mean, he's an absolute weapon. He's got one of the best shots in the fucking draft, like a freak. Um, but I think I've, I think a lot of people have landed on. He's 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 looking like a a sniper at the NHL, like a winger, um, which doesn't hurt to have. Everyone would love to have that guy. Um, but yeah, the and, Wild and, will draft him, and fans will lose it. Like, oh, another winger, great. It's like shut the fuck up. I know, right? Um, by the way, the guy that we profiled last week, he is firmly in a good amount of people's first round. Prodman put him at fucking 15, Tom Willander. He had an unbelievable fucking U18s. Like, I think that was two weeks ago. Was that two weeks ago or that's, that last that's, week? That's the problem when we've got our, uh, you know, back to back to back. Hang on, I got mm. notes. Let's find out. Either way, if you want a right shot D-man. Last week was Rick, if you recall. Hmm. Rick mm-hmm. Dvorsky. Yeah. Dvorsky, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the week before. That must have been Will Ander. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rick Dvorsky. Let's go. I'll tell you what, man. I think Will Ander's going to go. You know what? Actually, I tweeted this the other day. It might have been yesterday. I don't know anymore. Um, I need, I think, and I think there's a pretty good chance they do take them with that pick late in the first round. Detroit. First of all, they love their Swedish defensemen. They specifically love Swedish defensemen from either uh, Frölunda or Rogla. But um, they need a right shot, D man. He's got some upside. Like the the, the second half of the season, Willander showed some like real upside offensively. But he's definitely a safe fucking right shot, D. I think he's a firm number four if he's right behind Cider. And then you have a second pair of <laughs> both from uh, Rogla. Wallander and Willander in Detroit. That would be fucking so funny. And I mean, it's it's like realistic. So, all right. So you're um, calling that. Uh, do you see a world where uh, Willander gets taken before all name team leader? In my opinion, Axel Sandine Palika. Yes, only because I don't think he. Sh- I don't think that would be the right way to go. But Palika, like. It's a bet on, first of all, the offense. Because, like, Sandin Pelica, like, I mean, it is unbelievable to watch this kid play. Like, he was like a goal per game in the J20 this year as a defenseman. Um, the upside for him, I mean, it's not even close for him versus Willander. Uh, it's just, like, how much of that, A, is going to translate and be like what coach is going to be okay like <laughs> with some of the shit he's doing that being said U18's uh standing Pelica like made a ton of defensive plays too like he was excellent he actually ended up getting defensive of the tournament but I thought it should have been Willander so uh, you're saying that the Wild should Willander's not the size the Wild should not under any circumstance draft Sandine Pelica because he's a specialist he will get uh traded in a couple years obviously nice um but I do think there's a world again. Willander's got he's just as mobile. Like they're both like Willander's one of the best skaters in this draft, especially as a defenseman. He's the four way mobility is outrageous. He's got the foundation of tools. There's legit. There's some offensive upside for sure. And defensively, he's a stud. Like so again, you want to talk about safe? He's got size. He's capable of playing physical. And then like when he's actually again, we said this when we profiled him. When he's like testing the tools that he has, he's a stud. 
So, yeah, I could see an NHL team like, yeah, I'll take the big guy that's for sure going to be in the NHL as like a firm number four. That That's fair. Okay. Well, shit, that I think ties a, a bow on it. A um, couple things quick. Just have to give a, a brief shout out since we did talk a little bit about the Iowa Wild. Uh, one of my favorite breweries, Toppling Goliath. They have their uh, dinosaur beers. Seismic they got like the Pseudo Sioux. They got the King Sioux. And here's the Seismic Sioux which is a triple IPA, which, uh, yeah, it, it's accurately labeled. Um, but also got a tease. Uh, Z has reluctantly agreed to do a live stream here for the NHL draft lottery. And uh, we haven't even really discussed it much, but uh, my vision, which Z will probably correct me on when we hang up, is we're going to have a list of some of his top prospects going in, you know, 15 to 20 and we're going to go through as we see where the balls land and figure out who are some of the guys that make sense for those teams in those spots and shit depending on how dinged up we get and where we sit maybe we'll do his first i don't like calling it a mock draft but basically yes. the expert draft of like here's who i think these teams should pick yeah it's me throwing a dart uh just guessing and, and and hoping for the best by the way that number one right i don't i yeah that's kind of safe you got a reputation to uphold last year you got the first eight in a row was it more than keep, that no eight keep the change um i don't want them to win the lottery but my wallet would not hate if philly ended up somehow the league was like we need philly i know I know, but I worry that they'll do that to Chicago before Philly, oh and that God, would be even I worse. Can't, my fucking heart cannot handle that. Those are literally my the only soul. two teams that I can't have him go to. I would love him in Columbus, dude. Oh, Columbus would be awesome. Oh, they would be so fun. San Jose would be okay. Arizona would be okay. Him and Columbus would be a ton of fun. The NHL should want that too, by the way. Get that fucking market up too. A sick market, by the way. People shit on it. Those fans are crazy. Uh, that their third jersey is rocket. one of the mm-hmm. best jerseys in the NHL. You slap That's him right between, yeah, yeah, yeah. rookie year. Slap him between Goudreau and Line. A. Holy shit! Fun, fun stuff. Fun. That's we we like that. We like that. Yeah. So I, yes, everyone can tune Monday. in uh, next Monday. Monday, and uh, we'll be on Time TBD. It'll either be right as the Draft Lottery show kicks off or maybe 15, 20 minutes before to get a couple thoughts out, but we will get posts out and make sure that you guys are updated on that. It'll be fun. We won't hate it. And maybe we'll and start we playing shotgun beers. Um, oh, that 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 could be fun if there's like bets on the line of like who could jump up or whatever. I I was I was doing I I remember I think I shotgun about six beers at the end of the first round this past summer. Like I think starting at pick twenty five, I was like I don't care anymore. <laughs> Well, it's because you got the high of like getting so many right. I think in the top like fifteen, you only missed like two. And then it just fucking nosedived on you. And you're just like, yeah, I'm done with this shit. Yeah, yeah. No, that was good stuff. That was fun. Four hours of debauchery. Um, 
And then we're going to make it five in a row next week. We're going to do it. And maybe we'll do a little mailbag action too. Hey, if, if we do the live stream and hit that episode, I'm willing to give you credit for six in a row. Done. That'll be, yeah. Carries over. Actually, because I'll be away. Actually, you know what? I hope the following week I'm away <laughs> for a right, bachelor we gotta party. Hit six, then. We got to hit six. Yeah, for sure. But uh, first time we've gone this long, possibly ever, uh, since I was solo. Um, thank you, as always, all four of you for sticking around this long. We'll see you hopefully Monday live and then again next week. And uh, this Stanley Cup playoff band. <sighs> Dude, right now Toronto's losing two to three to Florida and shots are 16 to 11 in Toronto's favor beautiful I love it that city's gonna go oh my god I did they'll melt it's great it's phenomenal anyways we'll see you then see you later